Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. I'm so excited. I have my first guest of the season on today's episode. We have Alyssa Mullings. Alyssa Gabrielle Mullings is an award-winning filmmaker and the director, screenwriter, and editor of the award-winning films I Love Anna and Fever. She is a first-generation Jamaican-American artist from New Jersey, and she creates films that focus on controversial social issues, psychology, and spirituality. Her work has been written about in several articles, and she has screened in festivals all over America and Jamaica. I really loved this conversation with Alyssa. We talk about her movie, her short film that I came across on YouTube called I Love Anna. It was an incredible experience for me to watch it because it was captivating and it was a an eating disorder story. It was her personal story. When it comes to eating disorder representation in the media, we see a lot of whitewashed films that are featuring very thin women and not a lot of identities, not a lot of difference in identities and races and genders and body sizes and it's usually just very much what you imagine if you google search anorexia what comes up in the google images and it's a bit sad because in reality that's a very small percentage of the people who are suffering from eating disorders And I get messages from tons of people all the time who say to me, well, I just don't think I'm sick enough or I don't think I, I don't really fit into this box. I don't really fit into this box. And so I guess I don't really have an eating disorder. I even have clients who used to say those types of things. So this is a really an important conversation. And in her movie, I Love Anna, I Love Anna is actually a Tumblr eating disorder group you know it's like the pro anna groups which i was so lucky that i never joined one of those i didn't ever even come across one of them i didn't even know they existed but i'm so happy i didn't because wow her experience with this group was really interesting to learn about so if you or anyone you know is struggling with being in one of these groups i'm sure you probably don't know somebody who is because it's quite an anonymous thing, then yeah, listen to this episode and get some inspiration. I wanted to mention my thoughts about groups and why I think they are so powerfully toxic. So when as human beings, we need validation, Uh, we just do. And we can get it from the world. We can get it from other people. We can even get it from ourselves. And it's not a bad thing to need validation to keep going. It's like part of our, you know, biology, I I guess. So the thing with eating disorders and food and body challenges are that they don't validate us in the long term. There comes a point where they stop validating us or they never really validated us at all. 
So what we have to do is go find a way to get validated. And I know that sounds extreme, like going to a pro and a group chat. That is the extreme, I would say, because you're going and getting validated from people who literally are just anonymous. I mean, why you would never have a group meet like that in person because people would be, you know in your heart that it's extremely toxic. So we go to social media, we go to our friends who also have food and body challenges and we tell them, you know, we talk about our diets and this can even happen in more like of a normal life situation where somebody tells you, oh my gosh, I didn't eat breakfast today. Or someone says to you like, oh, I really need to go to the gym. Like even that is them trying to find external validation in their behaviors that they know in their hearts is wrong and toxic and harming them. So just an interesting thought I'd like you to think about perhaps. Um, And yeah, I really love this interview. I know I mentioned last week that today's episode is actually going to be part two of my calorie counting, but I'm going to save that one for next week. So I hope that you enjoy this one. I did want to quickly shout out a recent rating and review because it's the absolute best way you can support this podcast and what I'm doing here. So if you'd like to be featured in the next one or if you're just inspired, I would love for you to leave me a review or just a rating. Either works and helps me out a lot. This one's from Abigail Frazee. It says, this podcast is everything. It says, I have only been in recovery for five months, but I have been listening to your podcast and watching your YouTube videos ever since I started my journey. You are a light in the darkness who has helped me more than you will ever know. Thank you so much. Thank you, Abigail. Let's all take a sec to send Abigail lots of love and joy and peace through the challenges of recovery. I really appreciate this and I'm super proud of you for pursuing recovery. Trust me, keep going. It is so worth it, even though it seems like it's not sometimes it is. So thank you so much. I hope y'all enjoy this interview with Alyssa. Please check out her work. I'll leave everything in the show notes below. Enjoy. We have Alyssa Mullings here. I I'm so excited to chat with you. You're actually my first interview of this new season. I'm doing season three of the podcast. So new year, new season. And I'm really looking forward to this. I have been ever since I watched your short film, I Love Anna on YouTube. And I'm just really excited to hear your perspective on this whole recovery journey and a little bit on filmmaking. So I would love for you to just share with me about your journey, like start from the beginning, start from wherever you want and just let's hear it. I'm excited. (laughs) Um, First off, thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. Um, Yeah. I mean, I feel like I always struggled with body issues. I mean, I started dancing when I was three years old and I always had such a passion for dancing. Um, But with dance, it's very uh, heavily based on like your body and how it moves and how it looks and the structure of it. And I think I started to feel the pressure of that when I was around 15, 16. Um, And at 16, I remember I gained a little bit of weight. It was nothing to be concerned about, but I was very fixated on it. Um, And at the time I was at a ballet school where it just had like a very cold environment. Um, It wasn't like very welcoming, I guess. And I, 
I just felt very much like an outcast. And I could tell like other people were treating me that way through subliminal messages. Um, you know, I looked very different than the other girls and I, you know, my body was still developing. So I just felt very self-conscious. And um, I remember I took up veganism at that age at 16. And I mean, I'm not a vegan anymore, but when I was, it's such a like restrictive diet and I went in cold Turkey um, and I was seeing like how vegan girls looked and how their body types were. And I was like, I don't look like that. So the goal around that was like, okay, I need to get thinner and then I'll be happier. And I just lost a lot of weight um, starting from 16 going into 17 during that like summer period. I just lost so much weight um, and I was restricting, I was counting calories and I found a group chat um, on Tumblr that was like dedicated to losing weight fast and like helping each other lose weight. And I joined it and it was just like, so eye-opening because I was like, whoa, like other people are in this mindset and it's even more extreme than what I'm doing and what I'm thinking. Um, and in my film, I Love Anna, I even used certain things that I read in those, in that group chat, like messages from people saying like, how do you like lose weight? Like what's a 90 calorie uh, pancake recipe I can use? And like, can I survive on just gum like for a day? Mm. And th those were like real like things from people. And I, I used that in my film to show like the reality of it. Like people are really struggling with um, their mental health and with their body image. And um, you know, after I lost all that weight, it was just this vicious cycle of feeling like this really high confidence to just feeling, you know, the complete opposite, just the lowest I ever felt because it, it never felt like I was satisfied. I never felt like I was good enough or my body looked good enough. And, you know, people start to get concerned. My mom, for instance, you know, in the film, I definitely showed the, the relationship between Mars and her mother, because that was, very prevalent in my life. You know, my mom was very concerned and she was very outspoken about it and she didn't know what was going on. And um, my parents are Jamaican. So they, you know, grew up in a country where this wasn't even a discussion. I mean, mm -hmm. people don't talk that much about mental health in Jamaica and they never really heard anything about eating disorders before. So they were very confused and um, didn't really know how to deal with it in the right way. So my mom would sometimes just like yell at me or she would just be like, why are you eating here? Eat, eat, eat. And um, she didn't understand like the root of it. And, you know, looking back, I feel like the root of it for me, and I think for most people who deal with eating disorders or disordered eating is anxiety. I just felt so much anxiety during that time. I had like zero control over what was going on in my life um, during that period in high school. Uh, with like friends and relationships and just there was a lot of chaos going on in my personal life and I think that I clung on to this um, like fake idea that I would just get happy and feel this control through losing weight and controlling what my body looks like um, and I even had this like breaking point um, where I went to my mom and this was during a time like nothing really started, but I start to feel like my mentality was changing and how I was looking at my body was changing. I went up to my mom and I was like, I don't feel like myself anymore. She's mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't know. I don't want to explain it. <laughs> I just <laughs> went off and started isolating myself. But yeah, I mean, 
after all of that, um, you know, it's been like a few months of doing that and still being present in the group chat. I started to feel myself like pulled back. Like I knew I didn't want to be in this space forever. I, I knew I didn't want to have this mentality forever. And there was a person in the group chat who like sent this poem to everyone in the group chat. And it was basically the poem was saying like, we need to stop doing this to ourselves. And like, we are destroying our minds and our bodies. And, you know, everyone in this group chat needs to recover and get help. And that was like the nudge, the push for me to, you know, get out of the group chat. So I deleted the group chat and I privately messaged that person. And I said, thank you so much for, you know, what you did and like what you put in that group chat, because that really saved me in a way. And their response was like, you know, I just wish you all the best. And I hope that other people in the group chat get help too. And that was like, after I went through that, it, it was like a slow po- process of first deleting my calorie counting um, mm. app and like going back to eating full meals because before I just, I wasn't eating full meals. It was like portion size. And just, I had like this calorie intake goal that was so under eating and it was not healthy at all. So it was a slow process of changing that and then changing my mentality um, overall and going to therapy for anxiety. That was a huge step for my own recovery because I got to the root of so many issues and why this was even happening. Um, and yeah, after I went through all of that, I knew that I wanted to uh, make a film about my experience just to help other people. And also to show that like eating disorders, it's not just like one type of person, you know, and in the black community, it's not talked about at all when it comes to eating disorders. And in fact, it's kind of the opposite where the thicker you are and like the bigger and more voluptuous you are, like the praise, like more praise your body gets, especially Mm -hmm. like in Jamaican culture too. So I always felt that battle of like, okay, I'm not thick enough. Okay. I'm not thin enough. Where am I? You know? And I just wanted to be at peace with my body and show like other people, it doesn't matter like what the body ideal is in your culture, you should be happy exactly as you are. Um, so that's why I made the film and I wrote the script and directed and edited it. And, you know, I'm really happy with how everything turned out and how so many people were able to resonate with it. You didn't admit, I mean, I don't even know why. Thank you for sharing with me. That's your story is incredible. And I, I never watch those kinds of things on YouTube. I don't even really go on YouTube, Yeah. but I was so drawn to watching it. And I watched all of it. Like, usually I would like watch a little bit of that kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And then like, I was like glued, you did an amazing job. Thank you. And I mean, I'm going to leave it, the video in the show notes, if that's okay. Yeah. And I recommend everyone watch it. Honestly, I feel like you should watch it. Maybe I'll put it in the intro, like watch it before you w- listen to this interview because <laughs> it's really beautiful and so raw. And, you know, something that I don't resonate with is the pro Anna group chat. Like I never really did that. I never went into that rabbit hole, but that gives me like a visceral response. Like thinking about that is terrifying I can't even imagine if I wouldn't was in recovery and it makes sense to me because eating disorders, you 
are trying to like, you're trying to validate them in your own life all the time and they never make you happy. So you're like left feeling like not validated, not validated. Mm -hmm. Something that truly doesn't make you happy. Isn't going to leave you satisfied. So of course we naturally like look to other people in our lives. And like you said, like your mom, your dad, the people closest to you, like they, they don't understand and they can't give you that validation. So then we have to go to, I guess, random people on the internet Mm -hmm. who are in this almost like religion. It's kind of scary. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And like, I'm wondering, so I appreciate that you mentioned, because one of my questions I was going to ask is like, I appreciate you mentioning that you uh, messaged that one person who had reached out and gave a little bit of recovery inspiration, but do you keep in touch with anyone? Did you ever like meet anyone or is it all just anonymous? Um, it's not anonymous. I mean, you can see um, the person's picture and name mm-hmm. if they want to display it. It's usually like made up username, but I didn't keep in touch with anyone um, in the chat. I, as soon as I deleted it, I just deleted the app of Tumblr, like all in general, but yeah, I didn't keep in touch with anyone, but I knew that when I was making my film, I definitely wanted to have some male representation because when I was in the group chat, there were like quite a lot of men in the chat as well, which surprised me, um, who were also dealing with it heavily. And I kind of took that as inspiration for the character Ziggy, because I wanted to show that like literally anyone can deal with these issues. And um, yeah, it's not talked about enough. That's, that was such a shocker. I mean, kind of spoiler alert, but I was like, wow, oh my gosh, he's struggling too. And I love that you included that because again, another sort of identity that's not rep- like, it's not represented in eating disorder recovery or even in medical treatment model, just in general, not, there's no representation. So mm-hmm. much appreciated. Did you ever meet anyone? Maybe you didn't, but did you ever meet anyone in your life or I guess, how has like your response been? I'm sure a lot of people are DMing you, commenting, like, how has that been for you? Um, well, yeah, I actually have met, you know, quite a few people in my life, both men and women who have dealt with eating disorders. Um, and the response I got from the film was just amazing. Like people sharing their stories of recovery in my comments or DMing me and saying like, I resonated so much with it. That was like, that was honestly the whole purpose of why I want to make it to show that like, you know, no one is alone in this and anyone can deal with this and recover from it. Um, it doesn't have to be your identity or like the whole purpose of your life shouldn't revolve around losing weight or changing your body. And I wanted to show that like you can overcome that. So I was really, really happy and really thankful that people, you know, felt, um, you know, able to share their story with me and open up with me. And that was, that was actually really amazing. That's, that's amazing. I love that. And I know that you're a filmmaker, like you went Mm -hmm. to school to pursue filmmaking. I think I read that. And so how was the experience of making the movie? Uh, Was it your first movie, second movie? Was it like, what are some shocking things that happened? Like, tell me about that. Um, Well, I made it in my junior year at college. Um, And I will say it was like, I felt very exposed because Mm -hmm. at school you have to Um, like present your script to everyone and have like a read through and 
I remember um, when I was presenting the script, I didn't put based on a true story on the first draft and seeing everyone's reactions to it, they felt like, oh, wow, like, this is really powerful. And, you know, and then when I did put based on a true story, I remember my professor was like, why does it say that? And I was like, well, cause it's my story. And like all eyes were on me and I, I felt so exposed, but I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm doing this for a reason and I have to be brave because I want to do this for a reason. So I, I don't know. I just, I felt a little exposed and overwhelmed at first, but then I, I just kept my goal in mind. Um, it was definitely an emotional experience to create. I mean, even from the start of writing the script on my own in my dorm room, I had to like go back and read journal entries I wrote during that time. Mm. And that was like triggering for me, but also it was just like, whoa, because I changed so much and I'm not that girl anymore. And it was like, it was hard to read because I really, I was destroying myself and how I was talking about myself and about food and exercise. It was so destructive. And um, I took that into consideration while I was writing the script. And, um, you know, once, once this, once the film was done, I felt this sense of like relief that I didn't have to keep reminding myself of what I experienced, but also like, I felt happy that I did it because I knew I wanted to do it for other people to see that anyone can, can deal with this issue. Mm, That's so powerful. So you were, it sounds like you were in a more recovered space, but perhaps mm-hmm. making the movie kind of took your recovery almost to like a net, another level. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's cool. I have so many people who say like, I want to share my story, but I'm scared. And I, I would love to know like what you would say to that. Yeah, I mean, I would say go for it because it's worth it to share your story. I mean, you feel more empowered when you share the experiences you've gone through and overcome and you can connect with other people who've been through that too. And I've been able to talk to so many people who saw my film and and say like, you know, thank you for sharing. And, you know, we've been chatting about like what they went through, what I went through. And it's overall just been a very empowering experience. So I would definitely say share your story and it's okay if you feel scared or exposed or embarrassed when doing it. I think that's all part of the process, you know, and once you get to this comfortable space of being like, I'm, I don't care what people think about me. This is my story. I'm not ashamed of it. It's, I don't know, it's just an amazing experience to have. Yeah. It's really liberating. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are scared, including myself before I started sharing of almost the accountability, like once I expose myself, you're really holding your own hand in a way and being like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go back to this place of self-hatred and destruction and being mean to myself all the time. And so it is a good step. I I don't feel like you have to do what we're doing and either make a movie about (laughs) it or like make a podcast and your whole career is about or anything like that. But it's worth sharing with somebody, you know, maybe one person in your life who you're close with that actually makes me think about your parents. Mm -hmm. So how did this journey affect your relationship with your parents and how is sort of their view on food and body challenges changed or evolved? 
Yeah, I mean, my parents, they never struggled with this issue. Um, they, you know, food is such a huge part of Jamaican culture. So it's always celebrated and encouraged to eat. And, you know, like the thicker you are, the better. And I, mm-hmm. they just really did not understand at first what I was doing, why I was doing it. Um, and I don't blame them at all for how they reacted. It's it's natural to be concerned and, and like confused if this is something you've never been presented with, you know, especially when it's your daughter. Um, And after they saw the film, they were like stunned because there were certain things that they didn't know that I was doing that was in the film. Um, Like for example, the first scene when Mars is like running to the bathroom to attempt to, you know, purge and her parents are in like the room watching a track and field uh, match that did actually happen. And when I told my parents like, this was actually what was going on when you're watching Usain Bolt, they were like, what? They were so stunned and horrified. And, you know, them, like, I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, my, our, my relationship with them has grown a lot closer because I can talk to them openly about this stuff. It doesn't have to be hidden. Um, my parents are definitely more understanding about this issue and they just want to see me happy and flourishing. And um, yeah. I love that. Like it's wild. What kind of stuff goes on when we're in our eating disorder? We're so close to the people that love and care about us the most. And we know that what we're doing, if they saw it, we would be mortified. And so would they, Mm -hmm. I mean, I struggled with bulimia And I just think back to exactly what you're talking about. I grew up in a, you know, two bedroom, like one story home where it's pretty close quarters and my whole family would be in the living room and I would just be in like a door away from just destroying myself. It's like very unnerving. Yeah. It's a huge secret and they don't even know what's happening. Yeah. It's wild. I'm so happy that you're able to have that relationship with them. I also was wondering about ballet and dance because in the movie, you very clearly are giving that up. And I don't think giving up is a bad thing. And I think it's a good thing. A lot of times we don't want to give up because we, we think it's our own character that, you know, it's we're the wrong part of giving up, but in reality, I don't think that's true, mm-hmm. but how, how is your experience with, ballet now or dance now and is it different do you still dance was it like um so yeah I I do still dance dance will always be a love of mine um and that one school that I was at I did switch schools um you know telling my mom like I just feel uncomfortable in this place I always felt very anxious um and, and like an outcast, so I switched schools and I went to this amazing school. There were girls there with all different body sizes and um, different races. And I just felt more included. And the teachers were so excellent. They were so um, focused on your technique and not in a way that was like, you need to change this about your body. So I did go to a better school with better teachers that I'm really grateful for. And not all my experiences in dance have been bad, but I, I have definitely experienced, um, you know, a little bit of what Mars went through with just feeling like, okay, I'm too big here and just, I'm too curvy here. And I don't look like the other girls around me. Um, ballet can be a toxic place for some people. I mean, you do have to be really thin in that area and you have to train a bunch a week and like, it is a very, um, 
it can it can be a, a very stressful um, thing ballet if you if you get too deep into it and I don't know I would just say listen to your body listen to your mind do what feels comfortable for you um, I did continue ballet at the other school and felt better but when I went to college I knew I wanted to focus solely on film so I did take a break from dance for a while um, but in my senior year of college, I took a dance class at school and I just felt really happy. Mm. It was like a modern dance class and modern and contemporary are my favorite genres of dance. And I just love the fluidity. So I felt very much like alive and I was reconnecting with my love. And that was awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I was a competitive like cheerleader, like in gymnast. So we have a little bit of crossroads there of just being really, I was body aware from such a young age. I mean, it's really wild to think back to me being like that, like you said, like 14, 15, 16, that is such a, I think a lot of people struggle (laughs) with that age group, especially if you're in any sort of sport or honestly just being alive and being that age is a struggle because it's 2022 and there's so much toxic pressures all over the place Mm -hmm. all all around us all the time um so yeah I I resonate with that feeling of being really aware of what you look like and I also am wondering because you know you said you reconnected with danced and dance and loved it so much and Mm -hmm. recovered and continued was your experience as a dancer almost easier like I imagine that because you weren't restricting and you weren't starving you had actual energy to like become a better dancer and really embody into that space yeah I would definitely say that and I also enjoyed it more I wasn't so fixated on my body um and I was just looking at dance differently you know just enjoying the movement and focusing like on my flexibility and the things that my body can do rather than what it looks like, or if I should lose weight or eat this or that. Um, Yeah, my relationship with dance definitely changed for the better. Mm, I love that. What would you say to people who watch I Love Anna and they maybe feel like they don't know what to do or like they're just in a spot where maybe they're inspired by it, but they're just not really sure the next step to take? Um, I would definitely say try to confide in at least someone that you're really close with and trust. Um, Just taking that one step to say, hey, I'm struggling with this and I don't know what to do. It's going to change your life. You know, there are going to be resources out there to help you. Um, And I'm sure there are like hotlines that you can call anonymously and express like I'm going through this and they can help you take the steps to recovery. Um, And it's okay to feel nervous because this is like a huge step from going from like keeping a huge secret and suffering in silence to, you know, getting help. It's, it can be scary, but it's definitely worth it. Mm, Yeah. Confiding in somebody, one person, even if you don't know them is taking this, you have built up this energy inside of your body, inside of your mind and like letting it out to one person feels like so relieving like it's literally like releasing unspoken truth and just being like I need to surrender even if it's like one percent if you feel like you're not even making a difference by at least sharing with somebody 
they don't even have to give you all the right advice. Just sharing is so powerful, which is why I love your approach so much. How is your recovery now? Would you say you're fully recovered? Would you say you're like in recovery? Um, I would say that I'm fully recovered. I definitely don't view my body or food or even exercise the way I did when I was 16, 17. Um, You know, now I really enjoy exercise and it's not like in this toxic way of like, oh, I need to do this and that to lose weight. It's more of just like getting up and moving and making myself feel better because, you know, exercising or even going for a walk can definitely improve your mood. Um, so I do it for that purpose and just eating cleaner, but not restricting or telling myself I can't have this food or this is bad and this is good. I mean, it's so important to just develop a healthy relationship with food because food is such an enjoyable thing. And I, I noticed that when I got out of that headspace, I was like, wow, I was really missing out. I'm just enjoying food, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just, wow. And and also feeling full, that sensation, like once I stopped um, being a vegan, I was vegan for four years, but I never felt like fully satiated or full during that um, time. And once I stopped and I started eating, you know, animal foods again, I was like, whoa, like I'm feeling full. Mm. And this is, I haven't felt this in a really long time. So that was a big deal for me. I, I totally even forgot you mentioned that four years is actually a long time. I tried out veganism, but it it was only like four months, I'd say, but four Mm -hmm. years is a lot. You really had a big experience with that. Yeah, I I agree. How was it for you? Like, how did you incorporate animal foods back in? Did you do it? Like, did you go kind of opposite of cold turkey and you're just like, whatever, I'm just going to eat all the animal foods or how was that? Um, I mean, I, I felt like I was, I don't know. I just didn't feel well towards the end of that. I felt, um, like my vision was just blurry all the time. I felt a bunch of headaches and dizziness. And I was telling my friend, I was like, what if I just start eating animal foods again? Like, and I was panicking, like, oh my God, I'm not going to be vegan. Like what? Um, And she's like, it's okay. Like do what makes you feel better. And I'm not trying to knock anyone who's vegan, you know, do what works for your body. But I knew for myself, I just wasn't feeling good. Um, So when I went to Jamaica with my family, I started eating fish and implementing that into my diet and eggs and then slowly um, chicken. Yeah, it was a slow process, but at first I started like, okay, I'm going to be pescatarian. And then it (laughs) changed from there. Isn't that funny? Like, I like that approach. And also it's funny because like we label ourselves. We, I don't know why we naturally want to like label ourselves. I guess it's like a sense of community or like value. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but we naturally label ourselves. And then I feel like we like label ourselves as like something else. So it's like interesting that you mentioned, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to go pescatarian. Cause yeah. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't knock anyone who's vegan or pescatarian either. It's just like about being honest with yourself. And if you're having, if you're not satiated, if you're having symptoms, if your body is telling you it's time to experiment and reevaluate how you're feeding yourself, that's, valuable you know that's really important yeah it was definitely such an extreme thing for me to do because I jumped into it cold turkey you know and I was like active in my disordered eating so it was like okay I'm restricting even more now you know and um my parents were confused by it and I (laughs) 
don't know. I just, I, I definitely latched onto veganism and made it a huge part of my identity. And I think a lot of uh, vegans do in the beginning, but you start to realize like you're more than what you eat and it shouldn't be so heavily involved in like the way you think. I mean, I thought about food so much when I was a vegan in, in an unhealthy way. So I'm glad that that's over. I imagine just because like Jamaican food, traditional cultures of food, like they mm-hmm. are typically centered, almost all traditional ancestral diets are based with animal products. So I imagine your parents were just like, uh, what? Like, this is so <laughs> different. Like I'm, my mom is from Poland. So, she, so I'm Polish and I go to my Polish family's house. Mm-hmm. And I went, when I was vegan, I remember my my babcha I call her my babcha she like made these pierogies do you know mm-hmm. what those are yeah yeah they're pretty like actually kind of common I guess mm-hmm. over here in America but she like gave them to me and she's like these are vegan because they're filled with potato but they had like bacon bits and butter on them and I was <laughs> like wow she does not understand I was like mad at her <laughs> even though secretly I was like I really want that that sounds so good you know but of yeah. course I was projecting so I imagine mm-hmm. your parents were like what is she doing <laughs> Yeah, definitely. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay. Well, I would love to know what your next steps are. I know you're making a new project. You're on on a new project. So tell me about that. Yeah. um, I finished editing my most recent film, Fever, back in September. Um, And right now it's on its festival run. So far, it's been to two festivals and won an award for editing at one of them. So I'm really excited about that. And I just hope it continues to succeed. Um, I love experimental film. I think that's my favorite film and genre. So I knew I wanted that to be what I made for my senior project for my thesis film. Um, And I wanted it to have like an empowering and just an impactful uh, message in it. So basically the film is about this young woman who is dealing with depression um, and past trauma that she's never really confronted. And she goes to this place called the Fever Club, which is a place set to open your unconscious mind and connect you with your trauma and create a spiritual awakening. So she goes through that journey as soon as she enters the club and there's a woman there who owns the club called the Fever Queen and she guides her through the journey. So as she's like unraveling all this pain she's been through and all these experiences that caused her trauma, it's formatted in a way to be very psychedelic and trippy and experimental. And um, I was definitely reconnecting with my love for dance in that film because I choreographed certain scenes. Um, There is some dancing in there and I just had so much fun with it and especially editing it. Um, Editing experimental films are so much fun because there are no rules. You can be as creative as you want and trippy as you want. And I love all of that. So I'm really excited for this film. Wow. Congrats. It's hard to get into festivals. That is, is, it, that is a huge victory. You're a woman of many talents. You're like, yeah, I edited, I choreographed, I filmed, I wrote it. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. (laughs) I'll have to check it out. Maybe I'll um, reach out. I don't know. When do you, do you imagine when is the circuit going to be over? When can you post it? I think 2023, hopefully by then. Um, Yeah. I, I can't wait to just put it out there. This I can't imagine. It's, yeah. It's like being in the film world. I understand you make a movie and it's like two years later and then you, 
it may be two years <laughs> if you're lucky and you finally get to share it. It's just so much built up energy. Is, so that'll be really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats again. You are amazing. Thank you for your work and for your voice and for being on this podcast. I really appreciate it. And I encourage all my followers to watch the movie and support you and maybe give you like a follow or check out your, do you have a website? Um, I have a portfolio. It's in the nice. link um, underneath Isle of Anna. So. Cool. I'll leave yeah. that all that below. Cool. Thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast.